It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast. I'm David Harrison, writer for SI.com's Fan Nation. He is Chris Russell, one half of the Russell Medhurst Show on the Team 980, Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern and on the Odyssey app. We thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen. Every single day we are free. We are available on all platforms and we are on Twitter at WrestleMania621, at DHarrison82, and at Pod. Thank you again. WFT fans for making this show your first listen every day on today's episode. We're going to share our takeaways from the game, give you kind of our hot takes or our, our now our deep dive analysis on what we saw from the Washington football team's 29 to 19 win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're going to hear from two more fans of the Washington football team, but first Chris, we're going to talk injuries because even when this team wins, unfortunately they lose. Yeah, David. And, uh, you know, listen, we, we addressed this on our immediate analysis episode um, right after the win over the Buccaneers on Sunday afternoon. Uh, of course, people should, uh, Washington football team fans should absolutely go back uh, and check that episode out uh, if you haven't already. Uh, and we appreciate, appreciate, obviously, if you did. But, you know, what, what marred an otherwise wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day on the field was the Chase Young injury. And Ron Rivera addressed the media on Monday afternoon. And for whatever reason, David, I I don't have a good answer for this. Ron likes to be very, very, very tight-lipped about injuries, which I understand to some degree, but I don't get in this particular case. It's been reported. Ron himself said yesterday, meaning Sunday, hey, we think it's an ACL. It's been reported. He's told people. Privately, it's an ACL. And then on Monday, when he gets asked, hey, uh, you know, he said Chase Young has a leg injury. Mm-hmm. We, You know, he's pretty much gone for the year. Again, an ACL would mean he's gone for the year. There is no right. pretty much. Right. And it's not just a leg injury. It's important to note so that people understand what they're dealing with here. There's ACL injuries, there's ACL, MCL, so on and so forth. And nobody wants me, you, or Ron to play doctor on the radio or on the podcast, but a little bit more clarity would help. I understand if you're trying to protect an injury for a week or two, I got it. I I get it a little bit more. In this case, if he's gone for the year, which 99.9% sure he is, like, just say it, just say it. And so we can stop asking about it because here's what's going to happen on Wednesday. He's going to get asked about it again, and he's going to get annoyed. Yeah. And, and he's going to get annoyed. And and quite honestly, I hate to say this, but that's Ron's fault. Just just be forthright, especially when there's nothing to hide. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's kind of foreboding his own annoyance and his own inconvenience because you're right. He's going to get asked about it again. That's just, you know unless he decides on like a radio show or, you know, a TV show appearance or something to 
to go ahead and, and be clear about it. I mean, that's, you know, that's, that's, that's what's going to happen. And, and you're right. I mean, and coaches do this, you know, all the time. I mean, you saw Sean Payton after the saints lost, and you understand that there's a lot of emotion involved in the game and Sean Payton just lost the game that he probably feels his team should have won. And he's angry about some of the ways things happen. He was asked about a penalty, no call. Uh, you know, the, the reporter said, you know, did you get an explanation? Or what was the explanation you got for the penalty? And he said, I didn't get one. And she's okay. Well, and she's trying to formulate like, well, what do you think about it without trying to set him up to get fined? You know, and he kind of snaps at her and lashes out. And it's like, come on, guy, you know, because because at the same time, coaches and players alike, and, and I can sympathize with that, will go out there and say they hate how much the media kind of speculates or draws their own conclusions or whatever. Well, you have to, you know, you, you got to kind of feed the beast, I, I suppose, if you want to call it that. Let's that's, you know, we're here to to communicate accurate information you are the provider of that accurate information. If you don't want us out here speculating, especially about a young man's injury, that's nobody wants to speculate about that kind of stuff. Um, right. Then be, then be clear. If you don't know, you know, then, then fine. Or I, I would honestly even be happier if you said, listen, guys, I'm not going to dive into the details because I'm choosing not to at this point in time, but we don't expect him back for the rest of the year. Okay. Right. At least you're being straightforward and final. That's like, it's still kind of annoying, but at least you're being straightforward and final instead of dancing around it. That's the only part of it. But you know, chase young, I guess, and again, this is the part that, we, that nobody likes, right? So for 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 all case and purposes, don't expect to see him back in, in 2021. You're, you're probably going to have to wait till 2022 uh, to see more of Chase Young. But uh, Ricky Seals-Jones, that, that actually could be a player that we see back on the field. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll see him back on the field, presumably, at some point this year. The question is, is whether it'll be this Sunday. Ron uh, basically said, you know, he did get, you know, beat up with a hip injury. Um, we saw the play. Uh you know, Ricky Seals-Jones, David, here, here's the interesting part, right? Um, if he has to miss this Sunday, that's one thing. But Logan Thomas was expected to come off of IR this past Sunday against Tampa and, and didn't even come close. So mm -hmm. is he far enough away that he might not even play this Sunday? And if that's the case, then Samus Reyes is your starting tight end. And either way, Samus Reyes is going to have to play a lot in your 12 personnel packages, uh, certainly on special teams, so on and so forth. Well, actually, I'm sorry, uh, Bates would actually probably be the, the, the starter over Samus Reyes. But yeah. either way, if, if Ricky Seals-Jones and Logan Thomas are both not active this Sunday in Charlotte, you're going to see a bunch of those guys. So, um, you know, one injury often triggers another, just like with Chase Young. We're going to see a whole lot more of Shaka Tony and Casey Tuhill, uh, and, and of course, James Smith Williams, because it's not only Chase Young, but it's also Montez Sweat. So, um, you know, one injury triggers another. And when they say next man up, I know that's a convenient, fun, uh, shieldy thing to say. Mm -hmm. It's true. It's not always, that's not always like, the, it's not always the case. Y yes, in great organizations, next man up generally means that there's a guy that's been well-schooled and prepared and whatnot uh, and maybe learned, you know, in, in, a, in a different environment uh, than in bad organizations. But next man up does not apply equally to 32 teams is where what I'm getting at. Go after the Jets about next man up, you know, with Mike White at quarterback. Now, he had some moments, right? Mm. Uh, yesterday but then ultimately the real Mike White shows up against the Buffalo <laughs> and there's turnover a Palooza right so yeah. my point being is it's not always just next man up it's a convenient thing to say it's not always the case yeah it's always a little bit easier to go out there and execute in a play 
when there's no expectations, you know, and that always happens. As soon as the starter goes down, the backup comes in and everybody goes, oh, you know, hold on. This isn't going to be pretty. And that's always the the best time to play because they haven't prepared for you. They haven't scouted for you. They haven't done any of these things. And so what you're doing on the field is all new and different to to the team, unless you go out there and legitimately do just what the guy before you uh, was already doing. So it's a little bit easier to perform that way. And then once people get tape on you and they can start studying a little bit of your tendencies, I promise you, the Carolina Panthers have already had their pro scouts diving deep into and their quality control guys diving deep into any tape they can find on guys like Shaka Tony Casey, who those those types of guys to try to find out how where what are their strengths, what are their weaknesses, how do we best neutralize them? Because even though they're not you know wearing number ninety nine and their name's not Montez Sweat, they're on the field. They're a threat to their quarterback, and they're going to want to know how to uh, to best deploy against them. No doubt about that. Speaking of quarterbacks, real quickly, Ron Rivera was asked on Monday as well about the report that Ryan Fitzpatrick has done for the season. Uh, We briefly addressed this on the uh, immediate reactions uh, and observations episode. Uh, He, again, would not say that he's done for the year officially. Um, I believe the words were, you know, that that, that he wouldn't say that uh, and he'll have another evaluation uh, but he basically indicated that that's where it's heading. So, again, probably shouldn't expect to see Ryan Fitzpatrick for the rest of the year. We'll see if that changes. And one last news and note item, Cam Newton apparently is going to get all the first-team reps, or most of them anyway, according to Matt Rule this weekend, uh, this week in Charlotte as he prepares for Ron Rivera and the Washington football team. How about that, Dave? Uh, I don't think I've ever been more excited to see Cam Newton play football, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> well, you might not be saying that from a Washington perspective, especially if they get <laughs> uh, the 10-yard line, because that's where Cam is really uh, still uh, at this point. We'll have much more on Cam and Ron and the return to Charlotte. Uh, Ron, as a matter of fact, wouldn't even really address that uh, in the Monday press conference. He said, hang on, let, let's just talk about the Buccaneers game. We'll, we'll deal with all the Cam and Carolina stuff starting on Wednesday. All right, this is the Locked On Washington football team podcast along with David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. In life, guys, we're all bound for different things. With Beachbound.com vacations, oh, you can be bound for an adventure, bound for passion. My passion would be sitting on a beach and having nobody bother me. Your passion might be a little bit different. You can discover, you can be bound for togetherness, rejuvenate yourself, immerse yourself in the beauty of a beach, the heat, the water, whatever it might be. Uh, You might be bound for encountering the unexpected. Hopefully that's not a shark. Personally, when I'm at a beach resort, I'm bound to end up at the poolside bar and maybe creating my own taco flight. As long as I get a good view and a good drink in my hand, I'm as happy as can be. With beachbound.com, you can find the perfect beach vacation for you no matter what you're looking for. What are you bound for? Visit beachbound.com today. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 
All right, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Thanks for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen each and every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Why don't we hit the voicemail line, David, and get some of our fans aboard. Hey, Chris and David, uh, it's Bird, and I just got back to my hotel room after being at my first ever Washington football team home game. And honestly, I'm still processing so much of it the the heartbreak of chase going down um the general just awesome excitement of the game the defense the offense loved taylor's game but what i really wanted to talk about just to to mention was how great it was to be around the washington football team fans i mean yeah tons of empty seats i get it tons of tampa bay fans i get it but the people i was around were amazing into it supportive, having fun. And it helps that they're winning. I get it. It would have been, you know, more negative if, uh, you know, the game hadn't gone as it did, but the people care and the joy that I could see at the end of the game on the, the older Redskins fans faces, you could see like they wear the hard times we've had on their faces. And the smiles were like four-year-olds at their birthday parties. It was incredible. It was just a great feeling. It, only solidified me more as a Washington football team fan. Um, so uh, that's my big thank you to, is to all those fans for, for keeping it going. I know it's hard, but we keep that hope alive. And if the good people like that are going to keep cheering for us, so am I. Thanks, guys. All right. It's great to hear from you, Bird. Thank you so much for the enthusiasm and the passion. And I'm so glad, David, right? If you're going to choose your first ever home game to go to, you can't pick a better one than Sunday, yeah. November 14th against the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay uh, Buccaneers. Now, unfortunately, that's not the um, that's not the circumstances every week at every home game. But man, Bird, did you pick a winner? Yeah, good timing. Uh, congratulations to you. And obviously, Bird brings up something that that's important, David. Uh, real quickly, that I want to get into the crowd, the attendance, the total paid attendance was only fifty two thousand one hundred twenty eight. That's right around the season average, a little bit more, a little bit less. It doesn't matter. Um, But I was told that they were very much expecting a bigger crowd. Now, um, that didn't turn out to be true. I don't know what the reason for that was. Either way, what I would say is this, and I've said this all year right from week one, the lower bowl, the lower bowl of FedEx field is mostly, not all, mostly Washington football fans. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they are very loud and passionate. Those that still make the pilgrimage, it's not like they're sitting on their hands. It's not like they're not trying to get their team to win. Right. And when they win and when they score and when they make a big play, man, are they into it. So, look, the fan base is smaller than ever. We all know the reasons why. Don't have to why. The bottom line is this. The ones that are there, and I don't blame anybody for not going, David. I understand why they don't go. But the ones that are there are still very, very passionate, loud, energetic. And, man, were they having fun on Sunday, right in front of me uh, in the press box, in the zone. Yeah, I saw one of your tweets. I saw the fans <laughs> kind of looking back towards the press box and, and celebrating. Look, that's that's what it's all about. And, and you know, football is not always going to go whether you want to go. I remember having conversation with Bucks fans, you know, years, years back, you know, three or four years ago that, you know, there, there's no, there's nothing on your ticket. When you buy your ticket, there's no guarantee that you're going to get, that your team's going to win. 
that's not part of the price of admission that what you're going to, what you're promised is a football game and it's not always going to break your way or your team's way. Uh, but you're there because you, you know, presumably you care and, and everybody cares to their own extent. And there's a requirement to care more than anybody else or less than anybody else. It's I, I, that's why I hate when it's like a real fan, this or a real fan that you're your own fan. You know what I mean? And however you're a fan, you're a real fan to that extent. And that's, and, and to me, that's fine. But I love those, the people who, you know, week in, week out suffer. And we hear from a lot of them uh, when the times are bad, because honestly, man, like when the times are good and, and I see it with Bucks fans, obviously not this week, <laughs> but I see it with Bucks fans. Like when the times are good, those fans enjoy it and appreciate it the most. The ones who come back when it's good and, and disappear when it's bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They still have fun and they still enjoy it and they buy the merchandise and all that stuff. But there's, there's a different type of, of appreciation for it. And, and I appreciate witnessing fans getting to celebrate that. And I mean, I've, you know, being on Twitter today, I haven't even tweeted all that much really, but just seeing some of the Washington football team fans that I do have eyes on on social media, appreciating what's happened and celebrating victory Monday. Uh, it's, it's great. It's, it's great. Yep. And that's what you, and you take advantage of being happy when you can, cause you know, next week, this team could lose to Carolina. I don't know, absolutely. but you appreciate the time you have to celebrate while you can. Uh, absolutely. And, and, and for the most part, what you just described was a diehard fan, not one that is only there when time, th- when times are good. All right, let's quickly get into our takeaways uh, we have two each. We'll do two here and then two on the other side. Uh, David, my takeaway number one is going to be, we talked about last week four key areas, and I think we briefly kind of mentioned this on the immediate analysis, maybe more than briefly, um, episode right after the game, but just some time to think about this uh, here. Four key areas that I said, David, this is why this team is not scoring points. This is why this team is losing games now that the defense is playing better i.e. at Green Bay, at Denver. This is what has to improve. And what do you know? To a T, the Washington football team improved in all four areas. Quickly, 11 of 19 on third down, two of two on fourth down, two of four in terms of touchdowns in the red zone, but they also kicked a couple of field goals, so they scored every time in the red zone. Two of two in goal-to-go situations. They were drawing and shooting blanks in all four of those key categories for really the last four or five weeks coming into Sunday's win. So they hit on just about every one of them and every opportunity that they got. So kudos to them. Yeah, a complete win in in the fullest extent, all three phases, all the the cliches you want to throw out there. Washington football team absolutely took care of business uh, in week 10. My takeaway, my first takeaway, second takeaway of the show, is that Joey Sly is going to begin to repair faith in smart football decisions because you've disagreed a little bit with what I've said, Chris, as far as not going forward on fourth downs. I know some of our listeners and fans of football also disagree because when you got Dustin Hopkins out there and you can't rely on him and you got Chris Blewett out there making sure that his name is is accurate, then you know it, it's hard to kind of get on board with smart decision-making. And I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit nervous coming into this game, especially that first field goal, fourth and four from the Tampa Bay 28. It's a 0-0 game. You're coming off of an interception or a turnover, and and I'm and I'm looking at him like, please don't do it, coach. Please do not take the bait and try to go because I've said it a hundred times, right? When you go for it on fourth down, super early in the game, you're telling your opponent we're not as good as you, and we know we're not as good as you, so we have to hit with haymakers instead. They take the points, they go up three nothing, fourth and four again from the Tampa Bay ten. It's three nothing. You're coming off your second interception in the game. I could so see this coaching staff saying, no, we got two interceptions two times down here in scoring zone. 
and scoring in. We've got to get a touchdown here. We cannot settle for a field goal. Instead, they take the field goal. They go up 6 nothing. Fourth and seven from the Tampa Bay 11. Again, you could try to see them going for a touchdown. It's a little bit easier, Chris, I think, to take the points when you're already up two scores, right? So that one, I give them a little less credit for it, but I give the coaching staff credit because nobody would have blamed them for going for touchdowns in those first two situations. Again, fourth and four from the Tampa Bay 28, going for the first down, fourth and four from the Tampa Bay 10, trying to get the touchdown. And I know there are, there are members of the fan base, there are members of the media who were not happy that the Washington football team took a 6 nothing lead after two interceptions instead of a 10 nothing lead. And I get it, but that's field goals don't win you games, but they keep you in games. And if you if you go for it on one of those early fourth downs and you don't get it, you let the Buccaneers off the hook, right? Let's just channel our best Dennis screen that we can. You let them off the hook. And when you let Tom Brady off the hook, you open the door for Tom Brady's stuff to happen. The Washington football team didn't do it. They said, you know what? We're going to take what the Buccaneers give us. And then at the end of the game, they said, thanks for giving us all this rope, guys. We're going to hang you with it. And they won the game. Uh, I would tell you this. I, I I knew this would make you happy, and I totally understand why. Yeah. <laughs> by and large, with what you were trying to present over the last couple of weeks, but the reason why they were willing to settle for the field goals is because they actually trusted Joey Sly. Yeah, and that that's a huge First part. You, you know, that, that, I mean, that, that's a yeah. huge part of it. And you know, the distances four yards, four yards, and seven yards. Uh, makes it a little bit easier to be less aggressive, right? Now, there was a fourth and three also in the first half that they actually converted on and that they mm-hmm. passed the field goal. I'm not sure if wind was a factor or whatever, but obviously they went for it on fourth and three in one sequence and th- and they connected uh, for four yards. I mean, they barely got it, but they got it. And I will say, going back to that, I remember watching that, I agreed with going for it on that fourth. And again, nothing is, I, I, I would caution any football fan who, who fancies themselves an analyst from getting pigeonholed into you never go for it on fourth or you're always going for it because right. you can't do that. The game dictates a lot of things, but to see this Washington football team, take the early points, take the early leads. That's what I, I like. I like to see. Uh, and then you can be more aggressive towards the end of the game and it, it paid off for them. And something Chris that's been paying off for me, paying off for you and paying off for any Washington football team fan that has taken advantage of it is the incredible app where everyone who buys gas needs to know about. And that's the get upside app because our listeners are making up to 25 cents per gallon of gas. When they get cash back every time they fill up just by downloading the free get upside app in the app store or the Google play store right now, use a promo code touchdown and you'll get a bonus 25 cents per gallon back on your first fill up. So on your first tank with the get upside app, you can get up to 50 cents cash back per gallon. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using the get upside app. Again, just download it for free. Use a promo code touchdown and you'll get up to 50 cents per gallon back on your first tank of gas. Some people who drive a lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back. And there's no catch. The cash goes right back to your account. You can either add it to your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card for Amazon or other brands, whatever you want. All you have to do is download the free get upside app, use a promo code touchdown and get that 50 cents per gallon back on your first tank of gas. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. 
If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Back now to wrap up this episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at DHarrison82 at WrestleMania621, the show at Locked WFT Pod. We've got two more takeaways for you guys. But first, Chris, let's hear from another member of the Washington football team fan base. Hey, guys, it's Amir from Phoenix. Um, I'm calling in after the you know, the game today. I'm excited to hear uh, David's um, analysis of the game, being that you know he covers both teams. Um, I feel like that would be a cool, uh, a cool analysis to get. But nonetheless, um, I was really proud of how, how they played, um, playing smart but playing tough and you know, not not faltering or being scared of of Brady and the Bucks, even though they're on a four game losing streak. Um, yeah, I really think that fourth down play at the end of the game was huge because even if they kicked the field goal, the Tampa's still got to score a touchdown, so might as well at least take off some some uh, some some seconds. And you know, being that they have no timeout, so thank God they scored and you know sealed the deal. But man, that last drive was was crazy. Kudos to to Ron and Gibson and, and even Turner for drawing up some creative plays. You know, got to give credit where it's due. They called a good game, and um, the defense, Jack Del Rio, and uh, you know all the guys who do get um, some flack on the defense played really well. Um, so, like I said, excited to hear your guys' take on it, and um, you know, uh, especially David's, because um, you know nobody expected us to win. Everyone counted us out, including you know ninety five percent of our fan base as well. So. Take care, guys, and like I said, always appreciate the work you guys do. All right, Amir, thank you very much. Well, I'm going to get out of the way. David, you're next. (laughs) I mean, it was a great game, and listen, you know, we talked about it a lot on this show, and and we did. Everybody expected the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to come into Washington and win that game, and I think that's reasonable, and, and, you know, I think anybody, you know, even Camion, who picked, and shout-out to Camion. You guys shout-out yesterday. We're going to give him a shout-out today for picking the Washington football team, but even Camion kind of admitted, like, I'm just, you know what, I'm just going to be bold, guys, I'm going to pick the Washington football team to win. That's that's kind of bravado that you need sometimes. Um, but look, I, you know, I talked to Reese Waters on Team 980, Chris, you know, uh, later in, in the week last week before the game, and he he flat out kind of asked me, he said, you cover the Buccaneers. What does Washington need to do to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? And I said, well, specifically on defense, you got to bend, don't break. You're going to give up some yards, you're going to give up some plays, and you're going to give up some opportunities. But at the end of the day, you need to force the Buccaneers to extend their drives and to force their way into the end zone. Don't let them get the big chunk plays. And for the most part, outside the Mike Evans touchdown, that's exactly what they did. And it frustrated the heck out of the Buccaneers offense. And they started making mistakes. The Washington football team defense capitalized on some of those mistakes. You have the interception uh, uh, earlier in the game. You have the second interception from Bobby McCain, and then you have uh, the fumble later on. So, I mean, a lot of capitalizing on those opportunities because you don't get sucked into this heavyweight fight of we need to force the action. So many times teams want to come in and force Tom Brady you know, off the spot or, or pressure him up the middle and all this. And, yeah, pressure up the middle is great, but you need to get it as organically as possible and allow your coverage to give guys like Jonathan Allen the opportunity to possibly get home. And, and that's exactly what they did, and it worked beautifully. And then on offense, I mean, the offensive line just had their way with the Buccaneers defensive line. A lot of run plays got stopped in the backfield, some sweeps, stuff like that, Chris. But if you go back through, I can't say every single one of them, but for the most part, when the Buccaneers stopped a Washington football team run play, it's because they brought extra pressure from the second or third level 
of their defense. When that kind of stuff happens, you just kind of have to take the L and roll with it. But whenever the Buccaneers defense went man on man and said, your front against our front, who's going to be the better one? It was the Washington football team offensive line controlling the trenches, which is always huge in any game. And of course, Taylor Heineke had himself a pretty good game. Chris, that's my third takeaway. I don't want to throw too much cold water on this party. I want to celebrate this as mm-hmm. long as possible, but I mentioned it on yesterday's episode that really off the top of my head in my immediate analysis, only one bad throw uh, that I saw in that game. I went back through. I know you went back through and watched a lot of throws. Still a great game. going to premise that real quick. Five or six bad throws from Taylor Heineke in this game that you got to see cleaned up. Um, still an improvement. Still a very good game. Look, five or six you're not going to hang anybody. You're not going to, you're not going to cut anybody from your team for that. That's going to kind of happen uh, on a week to week basis. The big one, Chris, Terry McLaurin, third and five, uh, the final fourth down conversion before the touchdown, fourth down conversion, right? Or third down conversion, rather third and five. Um, look, I'm glad Terry comes down with it. It's a high throw, mm-hmm. but Taylor or Ty, uh, Terry, Terry McLaurin is absolutely hung out to dry yes, by yes. Taylor Heineke on that throw it's a quick breaking slant he's late on it he's high on it and because of that terry terry mclaurin takes a huge hit mm-hmm. that is the kind of hit that honestly guys you can see a receiver lose the rest of their season on a hit like that fortunately it didn't happen that way but you cannot have throws like that if i'm the quarterback coach for the washington football team i'm celebrating today but on tuesday morning well today as we're recording monday on tuesday morning or on wednesday when i get taylor back in the film room we're talking about that throw yeah, I, I think that's a great point. I, you're absolutely right. Um, and and remember seeing it live, and it wasn't a good throw, but because of Terry McLaurin, they came away with it. But you're right. We would be really angry right now if something re-happened to his collarbone, uh, which was initially injured early in the game, uh, mm-hmm. or something like that. So, um, you know, good point. But, I, I mean, overall, just real quickly wrapping this up, I still thought it was his best game of the year, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. Of his NFL career. Uh, real quickly with my final takeaway, you know, all of the ancillary effects of a great running game and certainly of that final drive is manifesting itself in a lot of different ways, right? Quarterback, offensive line, this, that. The other way. David, the defense was only on the field for 20 minutes and 52 seconds. Mm. So that's some, that's complimentary. That with a, yeah, when you combine that with a bye week and yeah. they have to play 20 less than 21 minutes, that should mean, even though there's no Chase Young and Montez Sweat going into Carolina, that should mean everyone else is fresh and that they've got plenty of juice in their legs. Mm-hmm. Something to keep an eye on against Christian McCaffrey, Cam Newton, and the rest of the Panthers. Arrested defense. All right. We want to thanks, uh, thank, we want to thank in English, please, Bird and Amir. Uh, you'd think I'd do this for a living. Uh, we want to thank you for making the Locked On Washington football team podcast your first listen of the day. Uh, we will have more episodes throughout the week. David will have a crossover Thursday. I'll have an episode uh, by myself. Uh, with a guest that we have to still determine. Uh, and then we'll get back together again before the week is out. Now make your second listen of the day, the Locked on Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked on Bets hosted by your boy Q with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. If you have a question or a topic or you just want your voice heard, 301-615-3577, 301-615-3577. Lock it into your phone now. Also, lockwftpod at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us on this edition. 
Thanks for joining us. Again, we're free and available on all platforms. For David Harrison, who's covering the Washington football team on SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medhurst Show on the Team 980 with Medhurst and the Odyssey app. We'll be back later on this week right here, Locked On, Washington Football Team Podcast. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.